Well, good morning, Access Church. How's everybody doing? Would you mind uh, just praying with me today as we get started? Uh, God, we give you thanks today just for how you bless us. Thank you, God, for allowing us to be here today, to be in your presence, to enjoy time with other uh, followers of yours, and God, to be encouraged because we need encouragement and hope today. So God, we pray for that. We thank you for seeing us and knowing us right where we are today, and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, we're starting a new series today called The Table, and when I think about The Table, I think about uh, my mom's house in particular on Sundays where we eat together still, and I think about conversation, I think about fun and laughter, telling old stories from the past, I think about good food, and I think about relationships, and I think about belonging. I think about anybody being included, the, the opportunity to say, hey, come and have lunch with us, sit at the table and enjoy some conversation with us today. And we're telling stories over the next several weeks of the encounters that Jesus had with people around a table. And today I want to tell you the story of a guy who goes by a couple of different names in the Bible. His name is Levi, but he's also called Matthew. Matthew became one of the 12 apostles of Jesus. He wrote the book of Matthew in the New Testament, but he started out far from God. He was an unexpected addition to the team. If you and I were picking teams, we would have left Matthew off the list. But in this story, we're going to learn about the heart of Jesus even more than who Matthew is. We're going to see that Jesus invites unexpected people to the table. And in the end, I'm going to show you how Jesus expects us to do the same. So let's learn something from, about King Jesus from Luke chapter 5. If you read Luke chapter 5, you're going to read story after story how Jesus encountered people. In fact, in Luke chapter 5, you read about how Jesus heals a man whose body is covered by a contagious skin disease called leprosy. Leprosy was so contagious that if you saw somebody walking down the street with leprosy, you had to yell out, unclean, so that that person, everybody would know, that's somebody that needs to be avoided. Stay away from them. You might get uh, leprosy. But in the middle of that, Luke chapter 5, verse 13, says that Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. Jesus touched the untouchable. Then we learn just a few verses later that Jesus uh, healed a man who had been paralyzed from birth. His friends loved him so much that they picked him up on a, on a mat and they brought him before Jesus. They went to great lengths to carry their friend before Jesus. And Jesus saw this man, and he saw his physical need, but he also saw his deeper need. He saw that he needed forgiveness of sins. And I love the fact that the heart of King Jesus is that he sees you right where you are. He sees your deeper need. Then right after that is a story of Matthew. And here's what we learn from all these stories. Jesus notices. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 says, After this, Jesus went out. And saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. I love that little word, saw, because it is so powerful, even though it is so small. Jesus sees you. There is not one of you this morning who God does not see. He knows you personally. He knows your needs. He knows your fears. He knows your temperament. He knows your temptations. He knows your joys. He knows what makes you happy. He notices you. He notices the deeper things in your life. He notices the things that nobody else 
see. In the, in the book of Matthew, Jesus one time said that are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very head, hairs of your head are, are numbered. Something that seems so small and insignificant, a sparrow that sells for a penny, it's cheap, it falls to the ground. God the Father notices that, and if he notices that, he notices you. He sees your needs, he sees your cares, he sees your concerns. And that tells me that God cares about even the smallest things in our life, even the number of hairs that we have in our head. God cares about us even in our greatest need in our moments of small needs. You know, uh, all of us have been coming together as a church family to get ready for a grand opening of a second campus in Middletown. And while we have been worshiping there for the last three years, we're opening the building and really uh, going public in a very strong way. We're sending out 5,000 mailers uh, to homes all over that area. And uh, we're preparing for the grand opening, Lord willing, on October 30th, even though we don't have an occupancy permit yet, you can be praying for that. And uh, we're preparing for it. But I want to say thank you to those of you who are here in Mason. Thank you for your support. Many of you have made significant financial commitments three years ago to this mission. Several of you are going up there to help with volunteer efforts, and we're really appreciative of that because it's so needed. And there are a lot of last-minute details. But some might ask, why would you do that? Why would you build a second campus, and why would you sacrifice? Well, because we know that the mission of Axis Church is not just limited to one place or one city or one group of people. We know that while we're here on earth, we're to, to make the greatest impact for the kingdom of God possible. And if there are eight churches a day closing their doors in the United States, then we have to be part of making new church babies. And that's what we've always wanted to be a part of, what we've always participated in, and that's what we're doing now. And here's what I've realized through this process as well as other times in my life. When I take a step of faith, God shows up in the middle of that to bless in ways that you never would have expected. Now, one of those stories happened, I've told you some of it, not long ago, when in a very simple way, we needed to get a garage door for that building. And so on Facebook Market, I found a door for $150 that was in Virginia. I didn't want to pay $8,000, and I didn't want to wait 12 weeks. And so we found a, one for $150, and we brought it back, but it didn't have all the parts. And I didn't know how we were going to put it up. And then we met a guy in the parking lot of Lowe's who says, I could take care of that for you. His name is Greg, and in my phone, he's Garage Door Greg. And I told that story here. Well, we had a new couple who started attending Axis Mason, and I got an email that week after I told that story. And this, this uh, couple said, we'd like to give to this cause. We want to give you $1,000 for that. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Garage Door Greg was putting up the garage door, and so I'm talking with him, and he's giving his time, his energy, and, and, and he said, now go down here to this place in Sharonville, go get the parts. You know how much the parts were? $600. And he brought it back up, and we start, he started to install it, and he gave me a total bill for it. And guess what his bill was for labor? $400. And I told Garage Door Greg this story. I said, Greg, you won't believe it. I told your story to our church, and somebody gave $1,000. And Greg, you know what? You just charged me for this parts and labor, $1,000. I said, God is in the details. He, he notices. 
Well, we were going to buy an LED screen for up there. It was a big wall screen. Our stages are about to change it at, uh, at Axis. And we planned for a long time to, to do that up in Middletown. You know, for a long time, Middletown felt like the stepchild. They would say, oh, Mason's got it so good. We're the stepchild. Well, now that there's some good stuff happening there, some of our tech guys are like, they're getting all the good stuff, you know? Now they're getting jealous. So we were going to buy an LED screen. These things are not cheap, and it's always been part of our budget and plan to do that there. But we were starting to think, well, we'll do it at Mason later. Well, two of our guys said, we'd like that to happen here too. We'll give and contribute to that here in Mason. And so I went around and tried to get a lot of estimates, and and I found a a good company that would get us uh, LED screens, and uh, it was a decent deal, and I felt like, all right, it's going to be fine. I wrote the check out put it in an envelope, and this was on a Tuesday about three weeks ago at about three o'clock in the afternoon. And I was going to take it over to the post office prior to coaching here in just a little while at, at CrossFit. And so I wrote that check out, and I just delayed a little bit, didn't feel great about it. It was a, kind of a big cost. At 3.34 on that Tuesday, I get an email from a guy who says, hey, my name happens to be Greg, by the way. I love Greg's, you know. He happens to be Greg, and he, write, he says, listen, he said, I just happened, I'm from Texas, I was in uh, Shaker Run visiting a friend, and I drove by your building. Have you ever thought about an LED screen? And I thought, that's strange. I wrote back and said, well, yeah, I have a check right here I'm sending, and I was on my way to the post office to send it. I sent him my quotes. He got us two LED screens that are better quality that he saved us $5,000 on. But imagine this, a guy from Texas happens to be in Ohio, happens to be in Shaker Run, happens to drive by Middletown Axis, happens to feel compelled that maybe I need to call somebody or email them and ask them if they need a screen, happens to be me who happens to be the decision maker on whether or not we're going to do this and what company we're going to go with, and it happens to be the very same moment I'm about to take a check over to the post office and he saves us money. Friends, that is not a coincidence, that is a God incident. And it, And here's what I'm saying to you. God notices in the big things and in the small things. And I could tell you stories like that again and again, how God shows up when you take a step of faith. God sees you today. He knows where you are. He knows you personally. He knows everything about you. And he loves you. The second thing I would say is that God meets you right where you are. Verse 27 again says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. So here is Levi sitting at his tax booth. And understand the setting in that culture. Tax collectors were hated. They were all dishonest. The way that they got paid, they took up taxes for the oppressive Roman government. And they brought those back into the coffer. But if they were going to get paid, they would charge you an extra 10% or 15%. Or 20%. And so nobody wanted to hang out with these guys. It would be like hanging out at a party with a bunch of IRS agents. You know what I'm saying? And that is the kind of thing that was going on there. They were hated. Philip Yancey in his book, The Jesus I Never Knew, says that even Jewish courts considered a tax collector's evidence as invalid because they were so dishonest. And yet, that person, Matthew, was seated at his tax booth. 
and Jesus met him where he was. Now, I shouldn't be surprised by this because I've seen it happen time and time again where Jesus shows up in time and space and meets people right where they are. While we like to focus on barriers sometimes, we think about how our barriers will impact our approach. Maybe somebody's different than us. Maybe they have a different look or a different belief system, and we allow those barriers to impact our approach with them. Jesus didn't do that. He met Matthew right where he was, and I love that about Jesus. It tells me that nobody is beyond his care. No one is outside of his reach. And some of you today, you literally feel unlovable. You feel that there is no way that God would love you. You feel that you have made too many mistakes. You feel that others have rejected you, so God's going to reject you. You feel that there is no hope for you, and yet you're here. You showed up today. There's something inside of you that says, I need hope. There's something inside of you that says, I want to be noticed. I want to be loved. Romans chapter 5 tells us about the heart of our God. That God demonstrates his own love in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not while you were perfect. Not while you had it all together. Not while you looked good. But while you were still a mess. While you were still a sinner. While you were doing things that you knew weren't godly. While you were still unapproachable. God loves you right where you are. We love the fact that Jesus not only notices us, but he meets us right where we are. And then he does something more. He invites us in. Verse 27 again. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting in his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Jesus goes beyond uh, noticing him. He goes beyond meeting him where he is. And he actually invites him in. He welcomes him to the table. And isn't it amazing that, that Matthew, just imagine this, just gets out of his tax booth. I mean, just leaves his papers right there. I mean, just gets up immediately and follows him. He leaves the pencil thing holder right there on the desk. He leaves the calculator right there and just says, I am out of here. Papers just kind of flow on the floor as he gets up in a hurry and goes out and follows Jesus. That must have been something so crazy to behold. There must have been something so compelling about Jesus that Matthew just left and followed him. And I wonder if Matthew in his booth had been paying attention. I wonder if he had been seeing the crowds follow Jesus. When I think about a tax booth, I kind of think about the West Virginia Turnpike where they're taking up tolls, and there's people flying by all the time. They're just taking money after money, except for they didn't have cars, so they're all walking around. And Matthew's just sitting there in the booth, and he's taking money, and he's watching people. And I'm thinking he must have paid attention to Jesus. He must have seen the crowds follow him. He must have seen some miracles happen. And I wonder if it just in his mind he thought, I just want him to notice me. I just want in some moment that he would take time to notice me. And boy, if he would, if he would notice me, then I would be willing to go anywhere and do anything for him. Seems surprising, but it's not. I've seen it happen so many times in people's lives. I've talked to people 
and somehow it just happens to be just the right time in their life, God opens a door of conversation. I discover that their heart is already ready for something to happen. Or somebody is in church like this, and suddenly they're so overcome, they're emotional even, they know in their heart that they must receive Christ. And what I found is that it's not so much that moment, it's that Jesus has already been working on them ahead of time. He's been challenging them to take some steps spiritually before even that moment was there. And Matthew was just like that, ready for that moment. And some of you today, you might be ready to take a spiritual step in your life. Maybe you came with a heart that was especially open. Maybe some of you have never received Christ as your Savior. You've never been baptized into Christ. You've never confessed Christ as Lord. But you're already feeling in your seat today that you're compelled that there's something about today, something about God's Holy Spirit in your life that's working on you. You're ready. Or maybe some of you are ready to take a spiritual step in your life, uh, another step, and maybe God's opening a door to you in some area. Or maybe there's something that you need to change in your life. And, and you're saying, I want something to happen in my life today. And you're ready. And Matthew was ready. He joins Jesus because Jesus notices him. He meets him where he is, and then he invites him in. He says, I want you to follow me. But then he doesn't stop there. Jesus not only does that for him, he turns the table on Matthew, and the expectation is that Matthew would do the same for his friends. Luke chapter 5, verse 29 says, Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Matthew left everything because Jesus noticed him, because Jesus met him where he was, because he invited him. And then in his own mind, as he followed him, he must have been thinking, okay, this is life-changing for me. How do I get my other tax collector friends and sinners to get an audience before Jesus? He's getting so caught up in his new life, and he begins to think, how do I get other people to join this? And he starts to think to himself, I used to be a big party planner. I used to throw the best tax collecting parties ever. That must have been a rip-roarious time, you know? And uh, that must have been the most fun group of people, like a bunch of accountants in a room, amen? So they're all there, and they're sitting there, and he's like, I used to throw the best parties ever. How can I ever communicate to my old friends what my new life is like? And he has this plan. It's creative. Thanks to himself, I'm going to throw this party. I'm going to invite my new friends and my old friends. I'm going to challenge Jesus and the disciples. They're going to be there. And I'm going to mix my new friends and my old friends together. Maybe there's going to be some conversations that happen. Some, something's going to ignite a spiritual a change in somebody's life. And maybe some of my old friends, after having met some of my new friends, they'll start to think about faith that I've committed myself to. And maybe their life will be changed. So he gets them all together. Hey, guys, Friday night's the party night or whatever night it was. We're all going to come together. And the night arrives. And scripture tells us in Luke chapter 5, it was a huge event. There's actually then also a little phrase in there that says, his old tax collecting gather, friends were there, Jesus and his disciples came. But then it says, and others showed up too. And we're going to learn about them in just a minute. They were the party crashers. Yes, 
they had those in the first century too. And, and they all show up. And I envision the parties going on just like Matthew hoped it would. He sees Jesus over in a corner with five tax collectors gathered around him, and they're laughing and talking about things. And there's Peter, and he sees some of his buddies that are there in that room, and they're talking, and John and some of his buddies. And here's Matthew over by the punch table, just looking at the room and saying, it's working just like I hoped that it had. And he's praying, maybe something will happen today. And just then, some uninvited guest from the religious leadership circle shows up. They come barging in and everything gets really quiet. They come in with all their tassels and their robes and their scrolls and all those things. And they walk right up to Jesus and the room gets super quiet. The music is like screech and it halts and the party stops. And in the middle of that, they say to Jesus, Jesus, if you're really the son of God, you'd have nothing to do with a gathering like this, a bunch of scum and tax collectors and sinners. You, you being around people like this, this is going to cause your reputation problems. God the Father would condemn these people, have nothing to do with them. That would quiet a room down, wouldn't it? So now here's the moment of truth, and what's Jesus going to do? He stands up to the Pharisees, who with all their learning and all their scriptural information, they really didn't know God, and they certainly didn't know how he feels about people who are tax collectors or sinners. They assume he's going to condemn him, and Jesus just says, hey, who needs a doctor, the sick or the healthy? And he shuts these guys down because they know it's the sick who need a doctor, and they turn on their heels, and they walk out of that room, and the music starts up again, and the party starts going, and Matthew's excited, and his friends are talking to, his, to Jesus and the apostles, and I just can imagine that as the last person leaves the room, I picture Matthew and Jesus out on the curb and Jesus just puts his arm around him and he just says to Matthew, Matthew, tonight you got it right. You were willing to be a bridge builder. You noticed people. You met people right where they are. You invited them in. And, and, he, and he says, that's what we're to do also. Some of you today, you should be noticing people around you. God's for people. Notice people in your life. Notice their needs. Notice their challenges. Notice the things they care about. And then meet them where they are. Go talk to them. Go talk to them on their level. Find an opportunity to find a conversation. Don't build a barrier. Build a bridge to them. Find a way to have conversation about God, about what he's doing. And then invite them in. Invite them maybe to an event like October 30, when we have a grand opening celebration at Middletown, and we all come together, and we kind of do our fall fest things up there, and, and we have balloon people, and we have bounce houses, and we have little uh, tattoos, and we have a little ability to do a trunk or treat, and in the middle of that, maybe there'll be a spiritual conversation. Maybe they'll see something that they haven't seen before, and then maybe there'll be an opportunity for you at some point to say, Hey, we got a group of people that meet over at our houses. And over in my house, we're having our community group come over, some friends. Would you want to hang out with us? And maybe in the middle of that, they'll hear a scripture verse in a way that they've never heard it before. Or maybe, or maybe they'll have a conversation that they've never had. Or maybe there'll be somebody who prays for them. 
And so you build a bridge with people and you find out a way to to meet them where they are and to invite them into your life, invite them to your table, offer hospitality to people. And when we do that, we're going to see just like Matthew did, how lives can be changed when people encounter the king of the universe, King Jesus. Uh, I've learned again, over and over again, that if I take advantage of God moments, God's going to use those in a powerful way. You know, for, for really months now, we have been looking for a campus pastor at the Middletown campus. Now, I did not do a national search, and there's a reason for that. With a natural, national search comes about 100 resumes that I would have to take the time and energy to go through and call a bunch of people and tell them no. And I didn't really want to have to do that. And, uh, and so I just put it on my Facebook page. I thought I would leverage my network. And I would just say, whoever knows somebody, let me know. Or if this is you, we need a leader who, but is also a follower. We need somebody who's willing to be self-directed, but also willing to be within the system of Access Church. And we need somebody who can, who can be that kind of person. And, and we had a couple guys call us, and in the end of the day, they didn't end up panning out. I was just wondering, who's it going to be? I wasn't getting a lot of attention. Well, then a local pastor from Cincinnati, he messaged me, and he said, I've got the guy from you. He's on my staff. And he said, I'm not just trying to, I'm not trying to unload him on you. He's a guy that is very, very much loved within our church community. Well, the background of this story, because a lot of you would be like, wow, why would somebody be so willing, so open-handed to allow his staff member to come and be a part of what's happening with us and in Middletown? Well, it happened several years ago. Several years ago, Josh and I were at a banquet for a lot of church planters, and the leader of that banquet is really good at fundraising. He often turns a whiteboard over and he says, we're going to be raising $50,000 for Ecuador, for example. And then he says, hey, me and my wife, my wife, Julie, hey, Julie, we going to give $1,000 to this? We haven't even talked about it. He says, hey, give 1000 She says, yeah, puts his name up on the board. They give $1,000. Then he says to the rest of the room, who else wants to give to this? And everybody looks at each other like... I don't know, I got 50, I don't, I don't know, you know, and then it's like, somebody's like, hey, our church will get 5,000 over the next three years, and it, the numbers just keep going up, and he's raising money. Well, in the middle of that, Josh and I really had just heard the story of another guy in the room named John, and John was planting a church in San Francisco, and Josh and I both felt that there was something going on here, like the Holy Spirit was directing us not to give to Ecuador, but to give to this guy, and so I stood up, and I just said, hey, Love what you guys are doing in Ecuador. We feel compelled to give to this guy who's going to plant a church in San Francisco. And what I didn't know until years and years later was that that moment was critical for that guy. That moment in time was a moment where he, was, he and his wife, Kelly, were thinking about quitting the ministry. That was a moment where he was so discouraged so much like, I don't even know what we're supposed to do here. And that moment for him where the Holy Spirit led and directed us to give through Access Church to what they were doing there led him to say, God, we can still do this. Fast forward, he planted that church in San Francisco, then he moved to Cincinnati. That is the lead pastor of a local church that said, I want to give you guys the opportunity to have somebody on my team that will help you in what you're doing in Middletown, Ohio. Eight years ago, God was already directing us through the Holy Spirit to be led to the right leader of that campus. And God brought us somebody. We're going to be announcing this over the next couple of weeks. Somebody 
that we think is an outstanding young leader. He and his wife are going to be moving. They got two little boys, age three and age one. And would you guys be praying for that? We think God is going to do great things through that campus as this individual leads out. God was working ahead of us. And here's what I'm saying once again. God notices. He notices you right where you are. Right when you don't know, how's this ever going to happen? God shows up through a garage door, through an LED screen, through a conversation in a tax collector booth, through a staff member, through a, a physical healing, to a blessing that you didn't expect, to a new friend, to a loved one who comes back to Christ, God notices. He shows up. He meets you right where you are, and he invites you in. And how can we do anything less except to invite other people to the table? And God, we give you thanks for your love for us and for your grace. And God, help us to be people who notice, people who meet people where they are, people who invite other people in. And when we take those steps of faith, we just look forward to seeing, God, how you're going to use time and space and moments to create a better future, to create a plan that you are weaving together that we never, ever would have planned for ourselves. And God, we thank you for that. Thank you for your love. We pray in Jesus' name.